Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back to the Lockout Podcast. Welcome back, Ale. Thank and you. Uh, officially, the transition for this podcast into a Ferrari podcast is complete. It's just me, Daniele, and Ale on the couch tonight. We've taken over. We have That's taken it. over. Yeah. The right <laughs> things have happened. We've had a few weeks off from the pod, a few weeks off from F1. But in the meantime, we had plenty of other sports to watch. Um, I don't yeah, know what absolutely. you've been getting up to, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been footy finals at the moment. So True. Um, yeah, AFL wasn't great and my team sucks in the NRL anyway, but yeah. it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I hear that Shabs didn't let Cat back on the podcast specifically because of Geelong. So anyways, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. I've been getting my car out, my, uh, my car out on track and uh, yeah. under lights, doing my best F1 driver impersonation. Absolutely. Not sure if uh, Sydney Motorsport Park or Singapore. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of driving under lights, obviously we've got uh, Singapore this weekend. Yeah, should be good. It's been, yeah. it's been a while since we've been back there. Yep, first time since 2019. It's going to be sick. It's going to be good. Um, obviously, a little bit of background. Singapore, um, the Singapore Grand Prix started in uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I will remember that one pretty well because that was a very painful oh, Grand Prix. Yeah, that was that was a very, very, very spicy race. And very controversial as well. Absolutely. I think that race kicked off some of like the conspiracy theories around F1 because that was yep. the first time that people kind of hinted towards a conspiracy theory. And then it actually came true like a year later. Yeah. So all the um, all the fans from this season going on with their tinfoil hats about uh, Red Bull and AlphaTauri being in cahoots with each other and mm. and sort of manipulating the season in ways that only they can think of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you go back to that 2008 race, it actually happened and it was mental. Mm. Um, so it was uh, it was the Renault, the Renault team, yep. which was uh, Alonso and Nelson Piquet Jr. were the drivers. Yep. Flavio Briatore, team yep, principal. Briatore. That should have been hit number one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And uh, and basically what happened was uh, Alonso pitted early. This was back in the days of refueling. Pitted early, filled mm. his car up with fuel to end the race in. Um, and after he'd gone out, the, the command came in for uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. to basically take a dive or crash his car. Yep. Uh, cause a safety car. And yep. Yep. everyone else then pitted under the safety car, but Alonso yeah. didn't need to. And uh, yeah. He was already fueled up and ready yeah, to go. fueled and, up. And the, the signs were kind of there on the grid because he was the only driver outside of the top 10 that was starting like on super light fuel, on yeah. soft tires. And everyone was kind of like, okay, that's a bit of a weird... It was a big Hail Mary. Weird, yeah, yeah, weird strategy for a street track on your first year. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Until it did. Yeah. Until it did. <laughs> and then, yeah. So obviously, like you said, you know, he leapfrogs to the front. All chaos unfolded in the pit lane oh yeah there was how can we forget um yeah obviously being ferrari boys mm. that was uh the unfortunate day that uh massa took off with the fuel hose still attached to his car yep and um game over game over yeah ended yeah. up last and yeah it's not great some say that actually cost him the 2008 world championship <sighs> it's arguable but it was a huge, huge moment in between, that season. Between that and Timo Glock, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, then then you had all the Timo Glock conspiracy theories because all of a sudden this was all founded. But um, look, nothing happened that year. Alonso won the race. Yep. I think Rosberg was second when yep. he was still in a Williams in a at Williams, the time. Yep. Uh, and I think Hamilton was third from memory. Um, but then obviously a year later, we returned to Singapore mm-hmm. and the mumblings came out because Nelson Piquet Jr. was sacked. Yeah. And he basically outed himself and said, they Brito told me, to, told it, me yeah. to crash. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, yeah. Alonso somehow remained innocent in all of this, <laughs> that he claimed he knew nothing. <laughs> Just reap the rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, PK kept quiet until he was out of a seat. Then he's like, well, yeah. fuck you guys. I don't owe you anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind. And um, yeah. 
yeah, they got well, Renault. The Renault team got charged or mm. taken to court over over this for, I guess, match fixing. Yeah, unsportsmanlike conduct, which is essentially what it was. Yeah, it was like the Coachopoly of Formula One. <laughs> pretty yeah. much, pretty much, and um, they kind of resolved it by Briatore and one of the race engineers. Uh, the name escapes me right now, but they both just kind of stepped down and left F one. Yeah, it was Briatore and I think Pat Simmons. Yep, something that like he that, was like yeah. the technical director. And um and then Renault pulled out. Obviously, we didn't see Renault back until oh I think it was like 2017. Yeah, or yeah. After the Lotus days. Lotus for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, Briatore was banned for life, which was then overturned. Yep. <laughs> and now he's kind of floating around on the periphery. And um, similar for Pat Simmons, I think he was banned for life as well. And then he sort of came back in a kind of advisory role for some yeah. teams. And uh, eventually they let them back in, but it was a pretty hefty slap on the wrist that they received. Yeah. And I mean, the, the result of the race stood, which ultimately was what everyone was kicking up about. So mm. Mm. short yeah. term, they got what they wanted. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. They won a race in a season where they were otherwise not that competitive. No. And um, speaking of not that competitive, um, the last race in 2019. So that was obviously when Vettel was starting to have his downfall. Um, that was the last yep. time that we were at Singapore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also his last victory. And you know what else? Wow. It was the last of. Yeah, <laughs> you were saying this before. Yeah. Oh, I hate to bring it up, but it was the uh, the last time there's been a Ferrari 1-2. Which just blows your mind when Three you consider years. how competitive they've been this season. Nuts, man. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah, he um, he took his last win there. Um, Charles was on pole. Um, that was sort of the year that I think the momentum swung in his favour and it kind of put the writing on the wall for, for Seb's career yeah. at Ferrari. That was his, the beginning of his downward spiral, for mm. sure. Yeah, definitely. But it's not all bad news for Vettel. Uh, he actually holds the most wins at the Marina Bay circuit. He's had five yeah. wins. He's He's been mental there. He's been yeah. nuts. He's Just always been incredible around that track. Yeah. And it's interesting that um, looking back through the previous race winners, we, I mean, we've only been there since 08, mm. but there's only been three winners. Yeah. Um, Seb, Alonso and Lewis. Mm. And obviously they've all been multiple world champions. Yeah. And they've all won that race multiple times. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Interesting little stat there. Do you think that's because of the challenges that that circuit in particular provides to the drivers? Or do you think it was because they just happened to be in good cars in the years that they were racing there? I think it's a bit of both. Um, I mean, that f- I mean, you can kind of write that first year off as just playing dirty games. But yeah. I mean, he still, had to, he still had to steer the car around the, around still had the to track. And, yeah. and, and that to was a wild race. Like yeah. Other than that, there was a lot of crashes and a lot of incidents in that race. Just Yeah, just a shit show every time we go to Singapore. There's always, mm. you always, I think there's always been a safety car. Yeah. Um, it's just nuts. Mm. But yeah, I think the, the track itself is very demanding as well as that the conditions in Singapore are very demanding. Yeah, the humidity is extreme. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like... It's more of a race for the old heads, for the yeah. for the seniors of the sport to kind of, I guess, flex their flex their knowledge, flex their experience of yeah. we know how to get around a track and we know how to do it consistently. Um, yeah. And we've we've mentioned the humidity. I think it's worth mentioning as well, especially this year with the stiffer cars. It's an extremely bumpy track. Yeah. Oh. You have to use the curbs a lot all yep. over the circuit. Um, it's also usually the longest race of the season. They've got a very very slow average lap time. It's quite a long mm. circuit. Um, they regularly push the two-hour time limit when they're racing at that track. Which so is we're in for a big night, is what you're saying. Yeah, so it's a good thing <laughs> It's a good thing here in Australia we've got a public holiday the next day because oh, I think we're going to need the sleep in. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think we've, we've also seen a lot of drivers now in the last week um, in their build-up to Singapore. They've been training inside saunas. 
Yeah, a uh, lot of them. I yeah. wouldn't say all of them, but I'd say a lot of them. Which uh, ones do you reckon aren't? Have been getting on social media. I mean, you've seen like your um, your Valtteri's and your Joe's and, yeah. and I think Charles was doing uh, cryo training or cryotherapy, which yeah. he was getting in the cold. So, I mean, it helps with recovery, but it's not going to help with the heat. Mm. Um, but then you've got drivers like uh, Max Verstappen and, and Lando who are out doing DJ sets with, with Martin Garrix in nightclubs. And I mean, you would if you could. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, I, I guess the whispers on social media are that like, Max is just going out and partying because he knows he's going to win the race anyway. Yeah. And Lando's going out and partying because he knows he's not going to win the race anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> neither, neither of them have pretty much anything to play for at the end of this season. They're, no, like, they're already it. set into the kind of position that they're going to finish in. Exactly. But it's, it's just nuts how much additional training these guys who are professional athletes have to go through mm. just for this one race weekend. Yeah, it's going to wreck them. And you'll see when they jump out of the cars yeah. on Sunday night afterwards, th- this will be the race where they literally look like they've left it all on yeah. the table. They'll look spent. Well, they were saying that um, there is still the potential for De Vries to step in Yeah, simply because of the dem- like of the demands and the conditions of this track. They're not sure how Albon's going to go if he's going to be physically up for it even though all that time off since his his operation and obviously that little scare as well yeah well it ended up turning into a pretty hefty operation yeah just appendicitis far out yeah respiratory failure and all that sort of stuff but i mean it's glad that he's he's on the mend and all that but mm. i'm not sure if if the the two and a bit weeks since has been enough time for him to recover and get back to enough strength and fitness to be able to compete mm, very true and to top it all off there's also the potential for a thunderstorm across oh, saturday God. and sunday <laughs> oh, no. which we've seen we've seen rain at singapore before and that's already a wild track when you add a bit of rain it's it, yeah it just goes completely bonkers this this could be latifi in his final form it could be this could be his the, yeah. his highlight yeah. yeah he could go purple <laughs> in quality again but q3 this time he's, uh, he's gonna do something he's oh, gonna do something special yeah. what a way to bow out but we'll get onto that a bit later on I suppose the last thing to mention that's, that really stands out about Singapore as a, as a track hosting F1 racing is um, it's kind of turned into the modern, the modern Monaco in some respect for business yeah, and sponsorship. Definitely. It's yeah. a, I mean, Singapore in itself is a it's pretty, pretty pricey place, right? Yeah, it's wealth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wealth that uh, you and I could never achieve. No. But, uh, <laughs> Especially when I read out some of these prices that I'm looking at at the moment for oh, yeah? sponsorship boxes. So. McLaren are selling VIP boxes to their sponsors uh, for over seventy thousand dollars for the weekend. You're going to get wine and dine, and you're going to yeah, get a great yeah. view of the track. But let's just keep the price point in mind. And then, if, for example, you had twenty four friends or twenty three friends, because I'm assuming I'd be invited, absolutely, and yeah. you wanted to party at the Fullerton Bay Hotel because yeah. that's where the Amber Lounge party will be after the Afterwards, race. Yeah, yep. That's a hundred k a night for oh the whole weekend. God. So if you want to party Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you're going to need three hundred k. Yeah. This pod better take off, man. I swear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll do it from the uh, Fullerton Bay Hotel. We'll be overlooking the racetrack. 100K. Maybe they'll give us a little discount. Maybe they'll give us like 99K. Absolutely. We'll try and jog a media pass or something. <laughs> See exactly. what we can get. <laughs> and I suppose the final point to touch on for Singapore is this is now the first race this season where we could actually crown the 2020, what are we, 2022 Yeah. world champion. If, um, if yeah. everything goes to plan, yeah. So basically, yeah. it's what Max has to win and Charles has to finish less than eighth. Yeah. Or worse think, than eighth. Sorry. Yeah, he can't finish higher than eighth. Yeah. He has to finish ninth. Yeah. Uh, and if I think Verstappen gets the fastest lap point, even ninth wouldn't be good wouldn't enough. Wouldn't be enough, yeah. Uh, and Perez has to finish off the podium. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, if Perez is on the podium and let's say Leclerc is out of the race, 
Red Bull will be flicking that switch that <laughs> brings his car to a halt straight away. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, it's, it's unlikely. Um, it's more likely that he wins the title in Japan, in Japan, which is when Red Bull can also win the Constructors title. They'll do the double in Japan. Yeah. And yeah. I think that'd be a nice little tribute to, to Honda and everything Hon- yeah. that they've given to Red Bull in the last couple of years. I don't know. That finale sounding pretty scripted, man. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Get, get your tinfoil hats back on. Yeah. The bit that blew my mind is that Max can actually finish significantly behind Charles and Sergio this week and end in Japan and still win the title. Yeah. Because he's currently four points ahead of where he needs to be leaving Japan. So he could Fuck. potentially not finish the next two races and still win the title leaving Japan. That's crazy. Which man. is just... It's just a testament to how consistent he's been and how dominant that car is as well. Especially mm. recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just, yeah. They've just been so good. They've built up a buffer now and they're going to... They're, they're aiming to sign off in style. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, who else do you think is is needing a good result this weekend? Or who else do you tip to have a really good result this weekend? Ooh, okay. Um, it's not a particularly fast track. No. So I think the Mercs will do quite well. Mm. Uh, particularly Lewis, given his history of winning the race a few times. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's up, up the top, either hunting for a podium potentially even a win if there's a safety car or, or something rogue happens during the race. Maybe they get Russell to crash. Yeah, maybe it's crash gating <laughs> all over again. <laughs> um, who else? Needing needing a good uh, result, Mick Schumacher for, sh- for Big sure. Time. Big time. He needs to pull something out. And um, that car could suit this track quite nicely. It's a draggy car. They've got quite a high downforce sort of setup. Yep, absolutely. Um, he just needs something. Mm. Something to... One, stay relevant this year and two, put his name in the mix for next year. Mm. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a dicey time for him at the mm. moment. Mm. Uh, who else? I mean... Latifi, obviously. Yeah. He, but he's he, needed a good result since round one. He's needed a good result for the last two and a half years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably my guys. I reckon Mick Schumacher needs something and I reckon Lewis could do something. Yeah. What about yourself? Who you got? Look, I think... We we keep going back to it, but that McLaren Alpine battle is yep. is still the closest sort of yeah. championship fight that we've got now after Ferrari and Mercedes ended up in no man's land. Yeah. So it's basically Alpine versus Lando at this point. But yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so it'd be nice if Danny could step up and do something. But I think based on the Monaco and the Azerbaijan form, street tracks and that car don't not great, don't right? necessarily mix. No. And I don't think he's got the full confidence when the walls are that close. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think Mick needs a result massively. For sure. I think he's in big, big danger of becoming irrelevant, essentially, in the driver market. Um, and I actually put a shout for Alpha as well. Alpha have had an absolutely shocking run the last few races. Yeah, the, their car doesn't seem to be too bad, aside from the fact that it just doesn't finish a race. No, so it's a typical <laughs> Alpha. Yeah, it's, it's all the stereotypes <laughs> are true. Um, speaking of, uh, Alpha's just announced that they've re-signed uh, Guan Yu Zhou for another year? Yes, they have. Yeah, it's it's probably the perfect segue into talking about the driver market because there was a little yeah. bit of news sort of in these couple of weeks off. We've got Joe, who's re-signed again with, uh, with Alfa Romeo. With Alfa for another year. And I think, mm. fair play, he's been good. He's yeah. been, he's been one, better than I expected him to be. Yeah. And two, he's kind of been consistent with his results. He has. When yeah. the car finishes, <laughs> he's he's finished Pretty consistently. And hats off to that Silverstone crash. Yeah, far out. That if you're going to ride off a car, you do it properly. Do it spectacularly, yeah. yeah. No, fair play to him. Um, and he pays the bills. Yeah, and he <laughs> doesn't hurt Doesn't hurt that he pays the bills. But um, he's done better than expected. Um, he has. If, if someone like Mazepin or Latifi 
had the consistency and results that Joey's having, mm. they could both still be in the sport going forward. I mean, aside from the fact that Mazepin's not a great bloke. But no, I think Mazepin <laughs> had other issues. That He's were, got other issues. That couldn't be redeemed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, fair play to him and um, looking forward to see what he can do next year and hopefully what's a more consistent and competitive car. Yeah, it'd be good to see for sure. The other big one was uh, Yuki Sonoda. He's obviously re-signed now with Alpha Tauri for another season. Yeah, and it was interesting in their announcement that they didn't say that he'd be driving alongside Pierre. No, I think that one is still the big... That's probably the... big the question mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, the um, last big puzzle piece to fit in in the driver market, I, I think. I think once that falls, all the rest of the dominoes will fall pretty quickly. Yeah, so we've already seen Hertha's off the table. The yeah, it was on the formally, table, off the yeah. table. I don't even know if he got onto the table, but... <laughs> Technically, he wasn't even allowed onto the table based on the super license points. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I don't know. We, we touched on it a little bit, but that's a bit of an interesting one in that the rules were set up to not work in his favor. Yeah, even though a driver of his caliber should be allowed should to be race allowed, in right? Formula One, like as the rules are currently, you wouldn't have seen someone like Max Verstappen start in F one. Yeah, or Kimi Raikkonen, exactly. who are both world champions. Yeah, and it's like. If that's the case, maybe the rules need to be revisited because there's clearly talented guys out there mm. who, for whatever reason, the main one being that they're racing in a non-FIA-sanctioned sport, yeah. can't get into the sport, which I think is rubbish. Yeah. But, on the other hand, if someone like Herta is someone that's been looked at and considered for an F1 spot, maybe the guys at Red Bull or AlphaTauri or whoever's looking at him should be doing more to get him eligible. Yeah, they needed they needed to commit to this a while ago and Absolutely. implement a program that actually got him those points. Yeah. Like if that's the system you have to play by, then you need to put then a, play by the rules, yeah, right? You need, yeah. you need to put a plan in place that allows him to actually enter the sport. And that could have been as simple as, you know, he, he could have run multiple Friday sessions this year. He could have done tests outside. Exactly. He could have done, you know, a winter series. Yeah. Could have raced in F4 in Asia. Like there's so many championships that he could have entered if they had said from, you know, months ago i yeah. mean obviously i didn't know all the drive market stuff's going to happen we're, we're looking at the benefit yeah. of hindsight now but there, there was a possibility if, if he was your guy that's that's all i'm saying yeah if, if he was their guy from the start yeah and if he's you know the guy that they've had picked for a long time mm. surely they, they should be doing more but it's like it's i don't know would you would you consider someone who's a, a multiple um indycar winner to, to have more experience than someone who's won f2 won f2 races it just depends. I think the, the danger that you run there is turning IndyCar into a feeder series to Formula to 1, one. Yeah. when it's when it's trying to stand alone as its own sort of important yeah, yeah, championship. Yeah. Like they're trying to attract talent from Europe yeah. and say, hey, we've got a really competitive series here that we're racing on our own tracks with our own cars. And it's very different to F1 in that like pretty much anyone on any team can win a race on a given yeah. weekend. That's something to be you know, seen as an attractive racing proposition on its own. It makes no sense if you get all this young talent into that racing series only to then start flicking them For back off to, be to, to, to F1. F1. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and it's it's one of those things, and I, I think I touched on it as well, out of all the drivers in IndyCar at the moment, if you're going to start breaking the super license system to get a driver in, yeah. is Herta really your guy? More yeah, so than like a Pato Award or an Alex yeah. Palau or someone along those lines. Someone who's doing better more recently. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. The other, um, the other big vacancy is, and we've touched on it, the GOAT himself, Latifi. Yep. He's out. He's been given the flick by Williams. That's another vacant seat now for somebody to fill. Yeah. I mean, it, yes, it's a seat in the sport, but it's probably the one of the least competitive seats in the sport. Yeah. 
So for someone like a Danny Rick, who's not got a seat right now, it may not be the most enticing move for him. No. Because it's kind of like once you start working your way down, there's no way back up. Mm. Um, but for someone new coming into the sport, it's it's a brilliant way in. Definitely. Um, which kind of brings brings the question, who do you, who do you think's got it? Or well, who's in contention for it? Well, the shortlist is quite similar to the shortlist at Alpine in that you've got DeVry, who's obviously the yep. flavor of the month after his Monza performance. Yeah, I think everyone wants him now, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people are still forgetting that he does have some downsides in that he's not the youngest young, yeah, in inverted commas, driver. He's 27. Yeah, yeah. so there are younger options. Uh, Williams obviously have Logan Sargent, who's already in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Antonio Giovinazzi, who just keeps popping up, like, resurrecting I the Jesus that he has. Why. The Jesus yeah, that he Yeah, he's is. resurrected yeah. more times than Jesus himself. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. Um, Mick Schumacher is an outside chance. Mm-hmm. His name hasn't been formally linked to the seat, but he is someone that he's cut ties with Ferrari as a driver academy now. Yep. He is an option if Haas decide that they want to replace him. Um, and then obviously you've touched on there, Danny Rick, that he's an outside shot at a team like this. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm sure if he turned around and he walked into a Williams or a Haas tomorrow and said, hey, I want to drive for you guys next season and I'm willing to do it at a salary that you'd accept, they're probably going to take him. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because you, you take the best driver that's available. Absolutely. And of the ones available, he's the most proven, um, even despite his recent downturn in form. Yeah. Um, and I think one of those drivers is likely to end up at Alpine. Um, should Gasly not end up at Alpine? Yeah. Uh, the only one that you could probably chuck in there would be um, Jack Doohan as well, um, that he's an Alpine Academy driver. Yeah, I still think he needs more time. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but if if they want to take that punt, they got to show that their academy works. I mean, they've already spurned one. Yeah, far out. And how? <laughs> I know, I know. And I think the, the point that I'm getting to now is, is there actually a little bit of a driver talent vacuum appearing in F1? Because we went through this golden period in the last few years yeah. of like the likes of Lando, Charles, Russell, um, Max all entering the sport, like highly rated F2 drivers. Now you've got Absolutely. Piastri coming in next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piastri's like the last of like the real highly rated F2 drivers well, that come in. He's the last of like the, the one and done winners in F2. Yeah. Like first season, win it, move on. Yeah. Um, the only other one I think was De Vries. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't get an opportunity And he, he unfortunately didn't get his chance and he might still get his chance, but mm. it's... The, the new guys that are in F2, or not the new guys, but the, the names that are currently in F2, mm. they don't seem to be as enticing for the big teams just yet. Like mm. we saw Drugovic, uh, won He's the, wrapped up the title now. Wrapped up the title. But even after winning the title, no one's really snapped him up. Uh, no one really looked at him besides Aston Martin. Yeah, and that's as a development And that's driver. because they don't have an academy as, as it is and they need, yeah. they need a young driver. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to see... Yeah, as you said, bit of a bit of a vacuum in in that talent pool, mm. and it's not like the situation gets much better. Much better when you look down to like F three no. either. There's there's not there's no one setting the world on fire in the same way that there was like four or five years ago. So what you're saying is, with a few more track days, we might have a chance. Potentially, yeah. yeah. I'm putting my hat in the ring. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> and I think Aussie supercars that gets you quite a few super license points. So if we can figure out a way of getting me in one of those, yeah, uh, I'll give it a crack. We'll, we'll give Bathurst a go. See yeah. how we go. I'm still under thirty. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. They're pushing it, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible. And speaking of anything being possible, um, it actually came out during the week that Horner, Christian Horner, admitted that Red Bull had the option to sign Piastri to their um, their young driver program back in F4 days. Oh, and wow. they so passed before, it up. Before he joined the Alpine Academy. Yeah. 
They weren't wow. that impressed with him back in the F4 days. Mm. And then he lit the fuse and yeah, went and ballistic like, oh, and damn. started setting records. And now he has regrets. Look, I'm, Horner's a bit of a shit stirrer. But also this whole like, we could have had him, we should have had him, that sort of stuff. It just reminds me of um, Arsene Wenger when he was the coach at Arsenal. Mm. Just being like, oh, I could have signed Ronaldo. Oh, I could have signed Messi. I could yeah. have signed this. I yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. Like... <laughs> What's the point of talking they about don't the have, past, They right? don't hand yeah. out trophies for the things that you could have done. Yeah, or we almost had it. No, yeah. well, otherwise Ferrari would have had like five championships in the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we almost had it. Yeah, <laughs> we almost did. Um, but in saying that, I mean, the the driver that they did eventually choose and, and back is doing quite well mm. in Max. Yeah. Um, I can't say he'd be too disappointed with, with his choices. No. No. No, but I, I do like that in that same interview where he announced that news, he chose to stick the knife into Alpine just that little bit extra and say, oh, if he had been our driver, we would have made sure he was under lock and key and contractually yeah. sound. Not able to shut himself around. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't go and join another team yeah. under our noses. So um, he that's never misses the chance. That's the horn that we know and love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I, I live for the shit stirring that he brings up, honestly. He's one of the best at it. And... Mm. I, I, I don't like Mercedes, but I do hope that they get closer to the front just so we can see Horner versus Toto again. Yeah, that was yeah. the battle of the big dogs. That was oh. good. That's um, it's one area where I think Benotto's lacking. He doesn't have that mongrel in him. Nah. He's too passive. He's too nice. He's not a political animal and he doesn't have the banter. Yeah. He's a bit of like a... He's a bit of a simp. He is a little team. bit of a simp, yeah. He just... Yeah. Nothing nothing ever goes wrong. It's never it's never anyone else's mm. fault. It's just like, oh, no, we did okay. Yeah. Just shut up. Oh, damn. <laughs> we, we stuffed up, but it's yeah. okay. We'll get him next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'm still waiting for him to win the final 10 races this season. Yeah. <laughs> He's running out of races to win. Yeah, that's true. Well, he might have a chance next season because uh, the FIA and Formula One announced the 24 race calendar yeah, for 2023. Jesus Christ. Running man. from March the 5th to November 26th. Um, and... The highlight on it was the first ever Saturday night race, uh, which is going to be in Vegas. Vegas. That's going to be crazy. So I suppose this is a two-part question for you, Ale. Yep. One, is that too many races in a season? And two, how many of them are Ferrari going to fuck up? <laughs> um, I think 24 is pushing it. Yeah. Uh, the season goes for like eight on eight months now or nine months now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they've got the summer break in between and weekends off in between, but that's... That's a long time, eight, nine months. And then... It's massive. By the time you throw in pre-season testing and, um, you know, post-season wrapping up and all that sort of stuff, how much time do these drivers actually get off? Very it's, little. It's, it's not going to be much, right? Yeah. Um, so, in terms of driver welfare, driver well-being, this could be getting close to the limit of how much these drivers can handle. Mm, absolutely. I think throughout the season, there's also two triple headers. There is, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is that the logic of the way that they're going oh, around the world to do shit. these races when they're trying it's to push this whole sustainability yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going green, but we're yeah. adding more races and we're flying in between continents for one week then going back to the continent we started yeah. on. Like, it's just... Yeah, and that's, and that's not a decision for anything other than commercial reasons. Yeah. That's because if you put three races on one continent, let's say America, if they and you had them back-to-back -back on weekends, you wouldn't get record crowds. Absolutely not. Because they'd all choose to go to one... Yeah. Which, whichever one is the best event or for the sure. most accessible for the fans, and then that'd be it. The other yeah. two would be a massive flop. I feel like also we've got every continent pretty well covered, right? Like we've got a few Asian races, Australia, yeah. heaps in Europe, and now heaps in the Americas, both North and South. Mm. Africa, 
just misses Nothing out there. Every yeah. time. Exactly. Every time. And like, it's a big fucking continent. Yeah. yeah. Huge market. Huge. And it's, it you know, without getting too into it, it's the f- first and at the moment, the only time F1's ever going to have a marketable African dis- African driver in Hamilton that he has an African background. Absolutely. That they could actually go to that continent, market that sport to a huge fan base that has a vested interest in the sport. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, Lewis is a pioneer of the sport. I know I give him a lot of shit, but, yeah. you know, he's... He's 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 the guy for so many causes. Yeah, I I don't know why they either haven't thought of it or haven't gone ahead with it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't see why they couldn't hold a race in in South Africa where they've had it before. Yeah, and I like I look at this calendar. I think like, do we really need a race in Qatar? Ah, uh, just yeah, that's that's just money talking. It was a circuit built for MotoGP. Like, yeah, not for Formula One. Yeah, it's just why why are we going there? That that's the big one. Vegas, we've already touched on. Like that's that's not a race for the purists. That's a no. race for people that need to sit in a VIP box and drink champagne and hear the sound of cars going past in the background. The straight's almost two and a half k's long. Like yeah. that's not it's not you can't drag race F one cars. Come on. No, no. And then you know there's there's other races in here. That there's a bit of dead wood. I mean, it's great to see that they've kept Monza. Yeah. It's great to see that they've kept Brazil. They've kept um, Spa. Um, but Monaco has been extended again. Monaco has been extended again. Yeah, that's just... But I think we're, we're getting to the point now where, and I think everyone knows this, that something's got to give and they're looking to dump traditional races in favour of new races and I think they've just got to tread a very, very fine line. Yeah, they're, they're on thin ice and if they start going in the direction of removing racing circuits for these street tracks where the cars are too wide, mm. it's going to make for a very very boring upcoming few seasons mm, yeah i mean right. it's it's basically just going to be whoever qualifies first it's going to be 50 to 70 laps depending on how long it is of procession yeah call it a day yeah and i think the other consideration as well is that they've got the budget cap now and they're adding more races with the same budget cap in a time of inflation yeah and i don't think a lot of thought has been put into how these teams are going to actually manage that i mean they're not managing it now yeah i mean the not only the budget cap but also like the the caps on the on the components that the cars can have before yeah. they start copying penalties. Yeah, we've already seen the, the shambles that was Monza yeah. in the grid. Like, no one knew what the grid was until like an hour before the race. It's crazy. Because of all the grid penalties. We had we had guys getting penalties and then having smaller penalties because too many people were getting bigger penalties behind them. Mm. It just, yeah. Yeah, and then you go and add another couple of races to that calendar and it just, no. it, it makes the problem worse. Yeah, at, at, at the halfway point of this season, we were already copying penalties for engines. We're going to make the season longer and mm. not allow any additional units to the cars and the money has to stay the same. Yeah. It's going to get to a point where the guys are just going to be flintstoning the last few races. Yeah, they're just going to push the cars. Yeah, around. dead set. There's or they're, <laughs> just, or they're going to do what honestly could happen this season in that if a Red Bull wraps up the championship early... Just not race. Is, is there a point to racing the final few races? Like if they're that close yeah. to the budget cap limit... It'd just be to, it'd be keep sponsors happy. It'd be an absolute fucking yeah. disaster. It's the and I, I highly doubt it would ever happen because... I don't think the commercial rights holder would ever let them do no that. No way. But like, I'm sure it's crossed someone's mind at for some sure. point. Or even for a struggling team like Haas, who doesn't really have that many sponsors. Yeah. And and financially isn't at that same level in terms of income as the big teams. Mm. If they get to a point where, you know, mix bin the car a few times, if the engine stuffs up a few times, they're going to be like, well, we've just got no parts left. Yeah. We can't actually come to this racetrack. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to cost us more in fines and penalty points to, to compete than to not. Especially when they've, sort of flown away from their bases so far. Yeah. And they won't be able to actually get 
components to the track if they run out of spares. It's going to be nuts. It's yep. going to be interesting to see how next season goes. Mm. Um, I mean, as a racing fan, I'm all for more races. Yeah. At the end of the day, like it, the more weekends that I can tune in on a Sunday night or Monday morning and watch racing, I'm happy. Yeah. But and I agree with you there. Yeah. Like, I'd be, I'd be happy if there were races every weekend, but it's just, yeah. one, it's not feasible and two, the drivers are going to burn out. It's going to yeah. be... Yeah. And I think that that's the crux of it, that when we reach the point when the drivers are actually saying there's too many races, and these are guys that live to drive, live to compete, yeah. love it. That's that's what they're there to do. When they're saying we're actually at a point now where we can't keep up and we're getting burnt out, it's nuts. that's probably the sign that you've gone too far. Like it's a high-risk job. You need to be mentally, physically, emotionally fresh, Yeah. right? Yeah, and 100%. It, it's interesting that they keep adding races and they still talk about having a salary cap. Yeah, like <laughs> no chance. The, the drivers, <laughs> the drivers' income per race just keeps going down and down and down with this proposed salary cap. So I hope it doesn't happen. But I guess we'll see. We we're will have see. to watch this space. So we've got um, we've got some would you rather's that came in from some of the guys and girls out on our socials. Yeah, these are um, some some absolute zingers. Keep yeah, sending these in. They they're gonna be good. Definitely keep sending them in because we love to answer them. And you guys always think of something that we haven't, um, which is excellent. I suppose the first one here was actually from producer Shabs and he said, uh, would you rather Lewis or Max winning in Singapore this weekend? Uh, yeah, he knows he knows how to strike a nerve, producer Shabs. Mm. Um, still burning for, about the swans, I think. He's just taking his yeah, anger out in the pod. He's still upset that this one he's got pumped. Yeah. Um, for the sake of Ferrari's very slim championship hopes, Lewis winning would be the better option. Mm. But, if we're being realistic, it's a Max Red win. Bull are winning it, right? <laughs> so whether Max wins or doesn't, yeah. doesn't really Just matter. End, end suffering. So for Ferrari's sake of finishing second in the championship, it might be better that yeah. Max wins the race. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, look, you compete to win. Max is winning all the time. So at this point in time, I would rather Lewis win the race. Yeah. Um, just so we see someone else up there. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. Wow. You've, you've I can't gone believe low. I've gone a full... Oh. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Cheers, Shabs. Oh. <laughs> You've broken, Ale. Um, but I'm, actually, I'm going to have to agree. I, I want Lewis... I would rather Lewis win in that scenario purely just so your cool stat from before of only world champions winning in Singapore continues. Yeah. I mean, if Max wins, it, he's, he's still a world champion, but... That's yeah. true, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind a world champion winning it regardless of who it is. Hopefully, Seb. He's not a world champion up. if you're a Lewis fan. Yeah. But we've got none of those on the pod this week, so we can say what we fucking <laughs> like. <laughs> It's excellent. The next one here we got from Matt Watts. It's, uh, well, I'm assuming this is a hypothetical if Danny Rick doesn't secure a seat for next season. Would you rather have Martin Brundle or Danny Rick do the grid walks before the race? Ooh, that's not bad. Mm. That's not bad. You know what? For, oh, Brundle's so good though. Brundle uh, is so good. Yeah, it's hard. it's hard to turn down Brundle doing a grid walk. I wouldn't mind seeing them do it as a tag team tag team would be yeah that'd be the absolute like as a goal. duo that yeah. would be brilliant i reckon yeah um especially <laughs> i mean as funny as it is seeing brundle not recognize outright celebrities and athletes in their own right yeah it could be good to see someone like danny rick who may know who they are 
Yeah, but I was just thinking that part yeah. of the fun is when Brundle doesn't just, know just who completely that. bottles it. Yeah, and then like you know when he sees like a basketballer, he knows yeah. nothing about basketball, and he's got to ask him a question because the producers in his ear saying, "Wait, ask this guy a question." He sees a number one draft pick, Paolo Bonchero, on the on the grid, yeah. and calls him Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got the wrong sport, the wrong guy. Just that was brilliant. But, but in saying that, someone like Danny Rick, who you know, he's may got follow the basketball a bit more. Be like, "Hey, yeah. Paolo, how you going?" Like yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. And I think he'd probably get a bit bit more out of the celebs as well because they'd recognize him yeah they got no exactly clue no one's got is. an idea who martin brundle is but no. if they say oh danny rick i'll have a chat with him yeah mm. and uh matt watts actually has another one in here as well uh would you rather come second in the championship by one point or 100 points 100 points yeah 100 points 100 Easy. points <laughs> 100 points and i will say ask um <laughs> lewis how he felt losing it last year <laughs> ask felipe massa how he felt losing it in 2008 Alonso. Ask who Alonso if he had five and five more points yeah. in his career, he'd be like a four time world champion yep. or a five time world champion. Yep. Um Yeah. Just You'd rather just get battered and be like, I knew that there was no hope of me winning this. Yeah. So yeah. I mean Charles this year <laughs> ask him what it feels like to lose the championship by a hundred points. And he'd be like, you know what? Not that bad because realistically we weren't in it. Yeah, true. But if you're in it until the very end and you get pipped, that would suck. Oh, it would be the worst. It'd be the absolute worst. The next one here we've got is from uh, Peter Vinikos. Uh He's got, would you rather be the second driver at a good team or the first driver at a bad team? That's tough. I'd say, for me personally, second driver at a good team. I'd be bodice. Yeah, yeah That's I mean... essentially what it is. Realistically, like, once your career's done and over and, you, and people look back on your name and your stats... Yeah. I'd rather see a bunch of podiums there than a bunch of 15th and 16th, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go um, second driver on a good team. Yeah, first driver to bad team is kind of like kind of like Gasly vibes this season. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're doing well, but no one so really what? cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the reason why he's probably leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd want the points. I'd want the trophies. I'd want the accolades. Yeah. Um, realistically, at a bad team, you're not going to get a championship anyway. So, True. I True. mean, as a number two driver, you might still have a chance. Yeah, it's, it's also kind of a bit like what Ocon considers himself at Alpine this year. Do you see what he came out and said about him? Basically, he's no, the what only... Did he say? He goes, oh, um, only Hamilton was equally as good as Alonso as a teammate as I am. Oh, shut. Oh, shut and I'm just like, how, tell me you think that you're top shit without yeah. telling me in those exact words. I've got a bone to pick with that. I've got a real big bone to pick with that, actually. Yeah. When, when Lewis was Alonso's teammate at McLaren, this was like 2007, right? Yeah. Alonso was a two-time defending world champion at the peak of his powers. Yeah. And we've seen what Lewis has gone on to achieve, yeah. whether or not we like him or not. Since then, Alonso's hoard around almost every team on the grid, retired, come back, been electrocuted, turned 40, <laughs> and he's now racing in an Alpine, yeah. and Ocon has the audacity to compare himself. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Because he's like... <laughs> Five points ahead. Oh, God. When Alonso had terrible luck at the start of the Yeah, season. Alonso's I'm, car was made out of paper mache at the start and yeah. you're still only five points behind you. Yeah, you're, you're comparing yourself to a geriatric and yeah. you're barely beating him. Ah, just In fact, I'd argue that you're probably not beating him because Alonso pretty much pumps him on pace and racecraft yeah. every weekend. Also, he's counting his chickens before they hatch too. Like yeah. There's still you know a few enough races to go for... Alonso to claim his rightful place as the yeah. best driver at, at Alpine. And I think... <laughs> The other thing there as well is I know that Ocon locked himself into a long contract with the only team that would have him. Yep. But 
no teams have come looking for him. Yeah. We, we also got to keep in mind that he did take a year out of the sport because yeah. it was that bad. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's glad to, I'm glad to see that he's back and he's back in the sport because I feel like he deserves to be there. Mm. But he's getting a bit lippy. He is. He's getting a bit lippy. He needs yeah. to tone it down. He's got that Le- Lando and George Russell level of arrogance. Of yeah. Like, you haven't actually achieved that much, but you talk like you have. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Let, let them win a couple of races and they can talk. Yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of winning races, the final Would You Rather um, from Kate Macker 92 Would you rather never watch F1 again and Ferrari win a world championship or um, you get to continue watching F1 yep. but Ferrari never win a world championship again? So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm either going to be depressed or depressed. Yes. Wow. It's basically saying, what do you love more, Formula One or, or Ferrari. Ferrari? Yeah, look. This is the one that has me the most stumped as well. The last... It's been 14 years since Ferrari's won anything. And it's that was the constructors. It's been years. <laughs> and it's been 15 years since they've won a driver's championship. Yeah. That was Kimi in 07. Yeah. I've gotten used to Ferrari not winning. But I don't think I'll ever get used to not watching F1. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of putting it. It sucks, <laughs> but I think I'd still need... I, like, I love the sport. I'd still need to watch the sport. Yeah. Um, even if my team's doing badly, I'm not going to not support my team. True. It'd be like being a Liverpool fan for the last like 50 plus years up until like... Oi. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> up until they got Klopp and started It'd be like watching everything. Manchester United now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know the feeling. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a shit, uh, shit race for you on Sunday night if Ferrari does poorly. Oh, look, and it's... City yeah. batter United. It's it's a big weekend of sport. The F1's yeah. on. At the same time, you've got the Manchester derby. So, I'm either going to be double happy or double depressed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be the latter. It's yeah. going to be the latter. But you know what? I like, I've got the Monday off to sit in my room with the shades and eat ice cream and, and cry myself to sleep. So, Well, on that note, yeah. uh, your predictions for the race this weekend. Um. I feel like it's going to be pretty open and shut with Max winning it again. Mm. Um, I do back um, Lewis to be up there. I might even say he'll come second. Oh, uh, yeah, just to really rub it in mm. and pure pain. Yeah, pure pain. And let's go Carlos for third. I feel like I've I've been uh, ignoring him lately, and he's he's been a bit under the radar. So yeah. So am I right in assuming you think Max is going to take it this weekend, or Charles will just do enough to make it go I, for one more? I week? think he'll be fourth or fifth. Yeah. yeah. Just like just delay it just enough. Keep the pain to, going. Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. him break. Yeah. It it won't be a clean break. It'll be like you know waterboarding. It'll be torture yeah. until True. the end of the season. Have you seen all those memes of like a comparison of Charles's face at the start of the season to like now? And at yeah. the start of the season, he's like young and happy and optimistic and full of life. And now he's just like gray. He's a down. shell of a man. Yeah. Just, just broken. Forcing himself into the car. We could have done the comparison on the pod with my face every week. Yeah, pretty fair. much. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll go back to the start. <laughs> and we'll have a look what you looked like at the start, like after Australia. And we'll compare that to like after this weekend. Oh, man. We'll see if you look the same. What about yourself, Daniela? Who, who are your predictions this week? Um, Fuck, man. I'm, optimism has killed me so many times in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm, uh, I'd, I'd love to see Charles win it. Like, he's... he's uh, in some ways, he was owed a win in 19 just for that pole lap that he put together. Yeah. And like, for, for listeners that haven't seen that pole lap, go back and look at it because everyone waxes lyrical about uh, Hamilton's pole lap in 18 in Singapore. 
Look that, at 19. That ain't got shit on what Charles did with that Ferrari in 19. Look at 19. That he was insane. threw that car around that track. It was awesome. It's one of the best pole laps of all time. Um, so for that, like, I feel like he deserves a bit of redemption. He should. Mm. I, I'd love to see him win this weekend. So I'm going to say him first. I'm going to say Max second because he's just a relentless animal. Yeah. And he just can't be stopped. Yeah. Like if he's not first, he'll be second. Yeah. Um, and. Whew. It's tough, eh? Yeah, I know. Because, like, it, the predictable one is to put Hamilton as third. Yeah. I'll put Hamilton as third, even though I'd like to see a bit of craziness this weekend. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see some unpredictable finishes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing what the Red Bulls did to each other. I wouldn't mind seeing the Mercs having a go at it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll leave it here. Um, we'll be back next week to wrap it all up. We'll see how accurate we were. We'll see what happens. Um, thanks everyone for listening just remember to check us out on, on our Instagram on our TikTok follow us follow us on all the platforms absolutely leave keep us those a, questions coming keep too keep the questions coming leave us a great review and um, we'll talk soon see you next week thanks guys